cigarette, try the taste of Kent. Another public service announcement from Brill Cream. Finally, someone has reinvented the wheel. Hey, uh, you're tuned into the ravings of a clown on Chester Radio. <laughs> Don't argue with the ball. Roger, we'll go. It's as good as done. The complete solution for your home PC. Brace yourself, Mary. Here it comes. Shawing! Hello, my hey, name hey, hey, good Jimmy evening and welcome Pop to the Ravings of a Clown on Chester guy. Radio. I'm not old or new, but middle school, fifth grade like junior high. I don't know mofo if y'all peeps be puggin' giving props to my hoe cause she fly. I'm the other white meat, baby. The heat cause I'm the other white meat known as Kid Funky Planet Man. I'm hung like planet Pluto, hard to see with the naked Hey, good evening. Welcome to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. Why, it's your old pal, the Jester, himself welcoming you this Wednesday, February the 27th, the year of our Lord, 2008. Lord, Lord, the roof. Come on in, have a seat, make yourself to home. Just having my uh, tea, smoking my uh, bowl. My evening bowl. We don't need no water. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know how they do that. Hey, good evening. Come on in, have a seat. Put your feet up. Put your head back. You do have head back permission for the duration of the show. That's correct. 
for the next 120 minutes, you have full permission from your old pal, the jester, to uh, make yourself in a reclining position. Such a show as Grandma Jester uh, would say, B.J. Thomas, the classics for the cow sills, the cufflinks, Diana Ross, the flying machine. What's going on here this evening, Jess? Is there some kind of theme, you think? The turtles, the young bloods, the fifth dimension. It's really a classic, classic uh, playlist, and you're not going to want to be anywhere but tuned into uh, Jester Radio for the next couple of hours. Not only that, but we're going to take a look at what's going on in that sick fucking world of yours. As for me, you know, I'm having a good day. Gotta say. Not sure what's up with that. It's my mom's birthday. She turned 80 years old today. And, uh, you know, I called her and my mother starts blubbering right away as soon as I call her. My darling son, you know, she's just... And for a moment, I was able to get outside myself and just see, like, the world through her perspective. And it occurred to me, like, how she must be, like, you know, on some level, sick with guilt over so many things, you know, that happened in our family. And um, apart from, you know, the blame and the anger, I just had this uh, overwhelming sympathy and compassion for her. Because we, uh, turns out, you know, the more I think about it, we're birds of a feather. I've been, you know, talking all my life to shrinks about my relationship with my father. But maybe that's because that's the easy one. <laughs> that's the easy one. Because with my mother, you know, I think I gave up on my mother when I was, like, born, you know. Very shortly afterwards, she was always a stranger to me. An alien, almost. Anyway, happy birthday, Mom. Um, and what else? Oh, we got a couple of surprises coming up for you. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about my mom, and maybe uh, you'll uh, make you think about your mom. So it's Mother's Day here on Jester Radio. It's Wednesday, February the 27th, the year of our Lord, 2008, 646-502-8600. Gets you live on the air with your old pal, the Jester. Say what you got to say. If you got something to say, come out and say it. Why don't you just come right out and say it? What are you, what are you being such a? If you got something to say, say it. Six four six five zero two eighty six hundred. You can bust right into the middle of a song. We don't care. Six four six five zero two eighty six hundred gets you live on the air. Also, you can Skype in. Skype is our um, Skype. Jester Radio is our Skype name, and uh, you can just type that in, and you're uh, ring a ding. By the way, Lulu has call forwarding on her Skype. Apparently, she has a, a secret affair, and I demand to know who her lover is. She claims it's like the children. The children called me on the, on the uh, Skype. Sure they do. Sure they do, Louie. The kids, the nieces and the nephews, they must be Skyping her morning, noon, and night. And by the way, when it's your niece and nephew Skyping because they're bored sitting at the computer and they Skype Aunt Louie, then you don't want to miss that call. That one you got to forward to the cell phone. So if you're in the middle of a meeting with the head of the company, you say, excuse me, I have a Skype call coming in. It's probably my nephew. Sure you do. 
Hey, I'm just saying. I'm not just, I'm not saying nothing. That's what I'm saying. And uh, hanging in the Jester Radio chat room as well. So easy to throw yourself into that fray, along with my buds, uh, S. Poe and Uncle Jay. Uh, simply head over to www.jesterradio.com, click on where it says chat, and pretty soon you'll be mixing it up with the legendary um, folks of uh, the uh, Jester Radio uh, 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 whack pack. Do we have our own whack pack? Can we get one? Do you? What do you do for that? How does one put put together a wacky packy? We'll talk about that after the show. Time to uh, turn our attention to the headlines from high atop Jess Radio Studios in a secret location outside your universe. Civil rights leader John Lewis dropped his support for Hillary Rodham Clinton's presidential bid today in favor of Barack Obama. Man, this is bad news. Lewis, a Democratic congressman from Atlanta, is the most prominent black leader to defect from Clinton's campaign in the face of a near-unanimous black support for Obama in recent voting. He's also a superdelegate who gets a vote at Summer's National Convention in Denver. Apparently, with all this muck and mire that goes on with these, uh, uh, with this campaign, we've been set, talking about primaries and caucuses. Nobody yet has called in and explained what all that is about and why we can't just vote for individual people, why we have to have this ridiculous party thing that has this horrendous, long, drawn-out fucking you know, process with caucuses, somebody told me that caucuses amount to people standing and clumping up in rooms and groups, and they just sort of go there and they clump up and then they go home. I mean, can't you do that from the Internet? And why just those, like, 12 people? Why not everybody in the state? I'd like to come and clump. Where do I sign up for that? Why do those people? And since there's so few people, isn't that really undemocratic because because then the candidates can simply appeal to the special interests of those few people rather than really appeal to the rest of the country? Isn't that what democracy is, a government of the people, not of the delegates to the people? In a written statement, Lewis said Obama campaign represents the beginning of a new movement in American political history, and he wants to be on the side of the people. After taking some time for serious reflection on the issue, I've decided that when I cast my vote as a superdelegate at the Democratic Convention, it is my duty to express the will of people, he said. Lewis's endorsement has been a coveted prize among the Democratic candidates thanks to his standing as one of the most prominent civil rights leaders of the 1960s. John Lewis is an American hero, a giant of the civil rights movement, and I'm deeply honored to have his support, Obama said in a statement. Clinton questioned about Lewis during a satellite interview with Houston TV station KTRK said, quote, I understand he's been under tremendous pressure. He's been my friend. He will always be my friend. And at the end of the day, it's not about who he's supporting. Uh, it's about what we're presenting, what our positions are, what our experiences and qualifications are. And I think that voters are going to decide. Wow. Well said. Uh, classy, you know, because I'm sure she wanted to say the rat fink is off my Christmas list. But even better, 
she really pointed to what politicians should always point to. Yes, I understand he doesn't support me, and that's fine. And at the end of the day, it's not about support. It's about what you think about the shit that I say. So don't just go along with some guy because you like him and he likes me. Like me separately. Lewis first announced his Clinton endorsement in October and has appeared on her behalf on TV and at events across the country, at one point accusing Obama supporters of trying to fan the flames of race against her. Clinton has frequently cited his support in trying to establish her credentials among minority voters, saying she saw her campaign as a continuation of his work. Well, she can still say that, certainly. You don't have to be, you know, have his support to say you support him. More than six years after the U.S. invaded uh, to establish a stable central regime in Afghanistan, remember that? The Kabul government under President Hamid Karzai controls just 30% of the country, according to the top U.S. intelligence today. National Intelligence Director Michael McConnell told the Senate Armed Services Committee that the resurgent Taliban controls 10%. Did you know the Taliban were back in Afghanistan? Yeah. And they're in charge of 10% of the country. And their estimate is 10 to 11%. Who the fuck knows what it really is? And Karzai's government controls 30 to 31%. The majority of Afghanistan's population and territory remains under local tribal control. Just as it's been for 10,000 years, no matter what we do to those countries, we invade, we stomp on them, we fucking throw out their culture. The Taliban threw away 7,000 years of Afghani culture (laughs) and uh, destroyed, you know, their libraries and their museums. I mean, precious world history that was not duplicated anywhere. And this has been going on for 10,000 years. And this is, and no matter what we do, no matter how we shake them up, when we step away an inch, they go right back to it. They sproing, they snap right back into place. The local um, uh, um, priests or emirs or whatever the fuck they're called, uh, uh, um, you know, gather their ignorant masses around them, whip them into some kind of, you know, fucking anti-Jew, anti-America frenzy, and they bunch them up and they go to fucking war with their rivals. Underscoring the problems facing the Kabul government, a roadside bomb in Paktita province killed two Polish soldiers who were part of the NATO force in the country. And opium worth $400 million was seized in the southern part of Afghanistan. That brought the number of foreign troops killed in Afghanistan to 21 this year, according to the AP tally. In 2007, insurgency-related violence killed more than 6,500 people, including 222 foreign troops. Last year was the deadliest yet since the U.S.-led invasion in 2001. Nobody sees seems to... Uh, Talk about Afghanistan a lot, but it's been steadily getting worse there since day one. Officials estimate that up to 40% of proceeds from Afghanistan's drug trade, an amount worth tens of millions of dollars, is used to fund the insurgency. Lieutenant General Michael Maples, the Defense Intelligence Agency director, told the committee at the same hearing that the Pakistan government is trying to crack down on the lawless tribal areas along the Afghan border, Uh, where the the Taliban and the al-Qaeda are believed to be training and from which they launch attacks in Afghanistan. But neither the Pakistani military nor the Tribal Frontier Corps 
is trained or equipped to fight, he said. So, again, I've said it before and I'll say it again. What we need to do is we know the region. We need to, you know, uh, just carpet bomb the area, stone them back to the, you know, Stone Age. It's only about, uh, you know, what? <laughs> A couple of hundred years for them, right? An investigation into allegations the Marine Corps delayed sending blast-resistant trucks to Iraq also will examine whether the Marines were negligent in delivering a laser to divert drivers and people from checkpoints and convoys, uh, according to a memo obtained by Jester Radio. Uh, we've been reporting on this story the past couple of weeks. A report came out recently that uh, um, the Marines unduly delayed uh, shipping armored vehicles to the soldiers, proving once again that these hypocritical lying skank who constantly point to the poor troops, and we should never speak out against the war because you're actually speaking out in support of the troops. Not sure how that's uh, possible, but nevertheless, they're constantly always saying that, and that, in fact, all we should ever say are good and hopeful and helpful and optimistic uh, things about the president and the war because that's what makes the troops feel better. It, it improves their morale, apparently. Um, uh, apparently nobody told those people that it's the very thing that they're ostensibly fighting for is the freedom of speech. So um, it, it seems the most un-American and unpatriotic thing you can do is not speak out if you think something is wrong. Seems to me. And anyway, these people are always whining about how they're, uh, you know, this is all about the troops and nobody's supporting the troops and let's show our support for the troops. Meanwhile, um, they withheld this uh, critical armor, um, so critical that a lot of the soldiers um, became very creative and were using scrap iron and, um, saw, you know, like cutting up their own pieces of armor and basically, you know, lashing it to their vehicles to protect them. Marines on the front line sought the tool known as Compact High Power Laser Dazzler. Now we're finding out that there was this fucking laser beam gizmo that these kids could have had, and that would have saved countless lives. The stateside acquisition officials did not deliver to a civilian Marine Corps official said a less capable laser was eventually sent, but delays of nearly 18 months may have led to an untold number of Iraqi civilian casualties, according to the allegations by the official an internal critic whose claims are being investigated. The deaths and injuries occurred when civilians mistaken as enemies got too close to the guarded area and U.S. trucks uh, troops lacked a non-deadly way of forcing them away. Uh, they, were, they had to shoot. That was Nobody gave them non-lethal weapons to push them out of the way. The Iraqi government has complained about such incidents in the past. The Dazzler emits a powerful stream of green light that stops or redirects oncoming traffic by temporarily impairing the driver's vision without it, troops have to open fire when warning signals are ignored or not seen. The Marine Corps has been stressed that the allegations made by the official Franz Gale reflect his personal views. Gale's conclusions stem from a series of case studies he was conducting for the Marine Corps Plans, Policies, and Operations Department about the wartime acquisition system. Yet another brave soul working for the government has come forward to say, not doing this officially, but this is what I've learned, and it's not good. 
And this is the this is the core of the revolution right here, my friends. People who have the fucking balls to step forward and uh, you know say something is terribly uh, awry here. You see what I'm saying? Hey, you're listening to the ravings of a clown on Jest Radio six four six five zero two eighty six hundred. Get you live on the air with your old pal, the Jester. So back to my mother. I was telling you how it's uh, her uh, 80th birthday today, Kanahara, whatever that means. And, um, you know, I was thinking, she said she said something pretty amazing to me. She said, well, you know, at least I lived as long as my mother or something like that. I said, well, your mother was a tough old broad. I said, I think you're not so tough. And she said, well, she got very teary. She's always, like, so blubbery whenever I talk to her. And uh, she said, well, you know, the older I get, the more I forgive my mother. And I thought to myself, really? It never even occurred to me that she had something to forgive her mother for. But, of course... You know, as as fucked up as she was to me as a child, she didn't, um, you know, get that way because she chose, um, you know, only looking at it from my perspective, is she, you know, evil? From her perspective, she's a victim herself. And, um, you know, then you start thinking about, man, you know, wh- wh- where do we, um, you know, draw the line with blame? I always wondered, like, how do these people, they get, like, uh, uh, you know, raped or fucking their mother is murdered or some shit, and they come out and they go, well, I forgive them. And I'm always like, how the fuck do you forgive that? And I realize because it's not about them, it's about you. It's about yourself. Or in this case, myself. And um, when you look at it that way, uh, when you when I look at it from her perspective... Uh, it occurs to me that she must have had one sick-ass fucking life, man. Her mother had, you know, 12 kids, and she was the second youngest, and she grew up, and, you know, her mother was a tough-ass, tough-ass broad who escaped from Poland, uh, from the fucking Nazis, lost her whole family, and that whole Eastern European, you know, Jewish culture, it was almost like a slave mentality, if you will. You know, in that that they were themselves very violent to their own children. And that was the culture that they grew up in. All my aunts and uncles and my parents both thought of, you know, beating their fucking kids, you know, regularly as nothing. And so from their perspective, when my mother said, the older I get, I mean, I didn't even think of this when I was back talking about it 20 years ago, much less now that my mother's 80 years old. It even occurs to her to think that she's got something to forgive her mother for. I wonder what. I wonder the fucking beatings that woman gave her or the isolation or the fucking coldness or God knows what. The guilt. There's a long, long tradition. And, uh, you know, I thought about this uh, poem from uh, Runaways that uh, was a Broadway show that came out in the 80s for a brief period of time by this woman, Elizabeth Swatos. And uh, there was a beautiful poem in it uh, called the De- to-, to the Dead of Family Wars, where this woman 
basically says, you know, to the boys and girls whose mothers and fathers' minds took long walks down late night halls, um, and it just gets um, more and more dramatic and more and more sad um, to, to boys and girls who, in baby memories, remember a squeeze to stop crying so violent uh, it could not have meant anything but violence. And and then at the end, there's a line that's uh, uh, to boys and girls half secret with womanhood and manhood who have to pry open too soon because mothers and fathers die or kill themselves according to the laws of and angry, random, grown-up gods. And to all those people, she says, you know, I say make laws against regret. Make laws against regret. Otherwise, you'd have to start with Adam and Eve. The line waits endlessly. You're tuned into the ravings of a clown on Jest Radio. Please... Don't touch that dial. Seriously. To boys and girls whose mothers and fathers' minds took long walks down late-night halls. To boys and girls who in baby dreams saw mothers and fathers scraping the strength off selves like bark of trees. To boys and girls whose mothers and fathers put them to sleep, not with goodnight eyes, but goodbye. To boys and girls who saw their mothers' and fathers' lives spread out like caged bird wings. To boys and girls whose mothers and fathers would one minute give a chance and the next close it up like fat cardboard books. To boys and girls who grew slim and adolescent while mothers and fathers swelled with middle-aged wool. When mothers and fathers stared blankly when mothers and fathers started screaming lines from old movies. To boys and girls whose mothers and fathers drunkenly wished for an incredible lie worth keeping. To boys and girls who now weep because you wish you'd met your mother's or father's shadow on a dark talk porch in Dream Rockers. I say make laws against regret. Otherwise, you'd have to start with Adam and Eve. The line is long and waiting. They were unsavable by you. They were unseen by their own parents themselves. It is so long, this song, and so yearning. To boys and girls too young to know when eyes are cold and scared. To boys and girls who in baby memories remember a squeeze to stop crying so violent that it could not have meant anything but violence. To boys and girls who in their adolescence sneak downstairs disturbingly found a mother or father coiled in a chair, locked in consequence. I say there is so much mother pull, there is so much father pull, and so little human decency. To boys and girls who read half-done mother and father war letters and watch the gardens overgrow with weeds. To boys and girls half-secret with womanhood and manhood who have to pry open too soon because mothers and fathers die or kill themselves according to the laws of angry, random, grown-up gods. To boys and girls weeping 
course you wish you'd got your parents' signature on a definite night, on a talk porch, in dream chairs, holding family hands, talking love words. I say make laws against regret. Otherwise, you'd have to start with Adam and Eve. And the line waits endlessly. And the song is so long. That was from uh, The Runaways, 1978, I think it was. And uh, because I was a runaway, my parents brought, bought me tickets to the Broadway show, and I took my buddy uh, the Pry. I was, I guess, 18, 19. And uh, it was quite a treat, you know, to go to a Broadway show. And uh, it was basically sort of like a hair type of thing where it was just a bunch of monologues and songs and speeches and some were very funny and some were very emotional. And uh, there was this deaf kid who signed the whole thing in the corner and uh, there was a lot of funny, interesting shit. It all came out of a series of workshops that she had done with Runaways as a therapist. And it was great stuff, and it's been done like a million times, uh, you know, in in schools and private productions, but it's never been uh, back on Broadway. Of course, neither was Hair, you know, but um, it should be. It was absolutely brilliant. And the kids that were in it, you know, a bunch of them all went on to become very famous. But they were all a bunch of kids, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, no adults at all in the show. Hey, you're listening to The Ravings of a Clown this uh, Wednesday, February the 27th, the year of our Lord, 2008, on Jester Radio, hanging in the Jester Radio chat room. Why not stop by and uh, take a uh, seat in the uh, chat room? You don't have to even say anything. Just say hi to the folks, and uh, they'll, they'll start prying from there. Also, uh, Skype in to Jester Radio is our Skype name. And uh, also, give us a call, 646-502-8600. Phew. There's a great um, song in the play called Where Are the People Who Did Hair? <laughs> now they're just a bunch of aging hippies, you know? The Federal Reserve is ready to lower the interest rates again to brace the wobbly economy even as zooming oil prices spread inflation, Chairman Ben Bernanke signaled to Congress today he's fighting to keep the economy afloat after mighty blows from the housing and credit crisis while trying to contain inflation. For now, the priority is shoring up the economy. Bernanke suggested an appearance before the House Financial Services Committee. He pledged anew to slice a key interest rate and help the economy, which many fear is on the verge of a recession, if not already in one, the economic situation has become distinctly less favorable since the summer, the Fed chief told lawmakers. You know, most people don't realize the, um, the Federal Banking Commission is not a government uh, agency, quasi-government. It's actually a consortium of uh, private bankers, has been since 1908. And this whole phony baloney thing they do about low, lowering and raising rates as if it's they're doing it, you know, that, so that it, it helps the economy. They don't give a, a good fuck about the economy. 
they're a private business, and the way they make money is by issuing money. They're the sole source of currency. They're the sole licensed source of currency in the country. So all money has to come from the federal bank, and for every dollar they issue, uh, the country has to pay them back at interest. And where do they get the interest? They have to borrow more at interest. So we're all lifetime slaves to the federal banking reserve. And it's a scam. It's not good for the country. And it's not something that was set up. Um, it was, it was uh, one of these things that was slipped past uh, America at a time, you know, back at the, uh, the turn of the 19th century when the American public really didn't understand what was happening to them. And it's been a disaster. And it's just going to go downhill from here. So my advice to you and, and my accountant's advice to you is buy gold. Lots of it. Every fucking extra penny you have because it's going to be the only thing worth a fuck when the shit hits the fan. All this bullshit about these, uh, these mortgage foreclosures, man. These just All this shit happens in cycles and it's all based on how loose or tight the Fed is with the dollar, where they put the interest rate, how much currency they issue, how, how, how good they want the economy for this cycle, how bad they want the economy for that cycle. They control it all with like the strings of a fucking marionette. <laughs> the House approved $18 billion in new taxes on the largest oil companies today as Democrats cited record oil prices and rising gasoline costs in a time of economic troubles. The money collected over 10 years would provide tax breaks for wind, solar, and other alternative energy sources and for energy conservation. The legislation approved 236 to 182 could cost the five largest oil companies an average $1.8 billion a year over that period. According to an analysis by the Ways and Means Committee, companies earned $123 billion last year. So it's going to cost them $1.8 billion over a period of 10 years, and they make $123 billion a year. Come on. Senate Democrat leaders said that they would put the bill on fast track to try to avoid a Republican filibuster. The White House said the bill unfairly takes aim at the oil industry. President Bush is expected to veto the legislation if it passes Congress. Crude oil prices have topped and pump prices of more than $3 per gallon with indications that $4 is not out of the picture as the summer driving season approaches. You know, this is, this is, this is another one of these like so fucking poorly thought out ideas. Raise taxes on the... Um, oil companies by some m fractional minuscule amount and, and then use that money to uh, improve alternative fuels how do they use that money how does the government use that money well uh, they say they give grants and then these phony baloney companies just go and they read these books on what they're giving grants out this year and then they form some bullshit phony baloney company and said oh yeah we're doing research on uh, you know alternative fuel let's get some of that grant money and all that money goes to bullshit. How about they don't tax anybody any extra, any fucking thing, and the alternative fuel companies invest their fucking money in it and let the fucking capitalism have its way. If it's going to be $4 a gallon by the end of the summer, then maybe the alternative fuel companies will see some money. 
in investing in alternative fuel. Forget everything with the taxes. Everything is, let's punish the oil industry for providing fuel to us for the past 250 years. That doesn't make sense. Or maybe it does to you. I don't know. Hanging in the Just Radio chat room. Why not stop by? It's Wednesday, February the 27th. Please don't fuck with that dial.
Comparable Diana Ross and the Supremes on Jester Radio. And she wasn't even the good one. Guess who before that, these eyes, you turned into the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. Um, Republican presidential hopeful John McCain mocked Barack Obama's view of Al-Qaeda in Iraq. And the Democratic contender responded that GOP policies brought the terrorist group there. <laughs> Bam! The rapid-fire long-distance exchange today underscored the, uh, that the two consider each other likely election rivals, even though the Democratic contest remains unresolved. McCain criticized Obama for saying uh, in Tuesday night's Democratic debate that after U.S. troops withdrawn as president, he would act if, um, if al-Qaeda is forming a base in Iraq. I have some news. Al-Qaeda is in Iraq. It's called al-Qaeda in Iraq. <laughs> McCain told the crowd in Tyler, Texas, drawing laughter at Obama's expense. He said Obama's statement was pretty remarkable. Obama quickly answered back while campaigning, while campaigning in Ohio. This is like the new modern age, is while these guys are out campaigning, they get like the reports from their handlers within seconds of what the other guy said. So while they're still doing their speech, they're responding to the other guy. 
So he quickly answered back from Ohio, I do know that al-Qaeda is in Iraq, and that's why I've said that we should continue to strike al-Qaeda targets, he told a rally at Ohio State University in Columbus. But I've added some news for John McCain, Obama added. There was no such thing as al-Qaeda in Iraq until George Bush and John McCain decided to invade Iraq. Uh, They took their eye off the people who were responsible for 9-11, and that would be al-Qaeda in Afghanistan. That's stronger now than any time since 2001. Obama said he intended to withdraw U.S. forces from Iraq, quote, so we actually start going after al-Qaeda in Afghanistan and in the hills of Pakistan like we should have been doing in the first place, unquote. Well, you know what? He's got my vote, man, for that alone. I mean, for that alone. I don't care, man. If Hillary comes out and says the same thing word for word, then I guess, you know, it'll come down to like an abortion thing. I don't know. But that's all I'm asking. Get the fuck out of Iraq where you're doing shit and get over in fucking Pakistan and, and Afghanistan where the motherfuckers are and bring those fucking other kids back home where when the shit hits the fan around here, we're going to need them. While he praised McCann as a war hero and saluted his service to the country, Obama said the Arizona Republican was tied to the politics of the past. We are the politics of the future, noting that uh, McCain likes to tell audiences that he'd follow Osama bin Laden to the gates of hell to catch him. Obama taunted, all uh, McCain has done is to follow George Bush into a misguided war in Iraq. Amen. Well said for a Negro. Masked thieves drilled a tunnel and broke into a jewelry showroom as employees were preparing for a VIP showing, making off with gold, diamonds, and rubies in a brazen daylight heist. The bags of jewelers stolen Sunday from Damiani, maker of the diamond bracelet that graced Oscar winner Tilda Swinton's wrist, included gold, platinum, diamonds, and rubies, though apparently no pearls. The losses are being uh, inventoried, and Damiani is not issuing estimates, but the jeweler's chief executive dismissed a $7.52 million figure cited by the Italian media. The safe uh, normally would have had even more valuable one-of-a-kind pieces, but a significant number were on loan to the stars attending the Oscars on Sunday, including Swinton, or in Tokyo for the opening of a new boutique. Luckily, many of these pieces were not in the safe, he said. In a, telephone, in a telephone interview. Lead investigator Francesco Messina said the heist was highly professional and that the robbers left few traces. It'll be a long investigation, he said. Uh-huh. The four thieves did not brandish arms, but wore vests identifying themselves as Italy's powerful financial police. Uh, the family-run business established 85 years ago by Damiani's grandfather calls itself the Jeweler of the Stars. And Hollywood stars Isabella Rossellini Brad Pitt, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Sharon Stone are among its celebrity promoters. For the last seven years, Damiani has been bejeweling stars for Oscar night, including this past Sunday. Employees in the Central Milan showroom were preparing for a VIP showing when the thieves entered at around 10 o'clock in the morning. Wearing face masks and dark glasses, the robbers forced four showroom employees, a caterer, and a cleaning lady into a room where they were tied up. One of the Damiani employees was forced to open the safe, but uh, then they were tied up with the others, uh, and the crooks uh, took it on the lamb. See? No one was harmed, and no clients uh, had yet arrived. So the timing was planned. 
I'm curious how they managed to force them to do all that without any weapons. Did they push him around or yell at him? Uh, remember this guy, the uh, former police officer sentenced, um, was sentenced today uh, to at least 57 years in prison, at least 57 years uh, in prison for killing his pregnant lover and her fetus. Jurors spared Bobby Cutts Jr. the death penalty on the most uh, serious charge uh, of uh, aggregated murder um, uh, count on the death of the fetus. He could spend up to life in prison on those and other charges. Cutts attorney Fernando Mack said that the defense had achieved the goal of sparing the defendant's life. Clearly, that was the objective here. So the only objective uh, to, to, to his lawyer was just saving his skin, letting him live out his days alive and in jail. Assistant Prosecutor Dennis Barr said that he was satisfied that the judge ordered the sentences served back-to-back, giving Cutts the maximum time behind Barr's. Cutts, who's now 30, had sobbed on the witness stand when he claimed that the death of the 26-year-old Jesse Davis from an elbow to the throat last June was an accident during an argument. He said he dumped her body in the park in a panic. He returned to the stand after his conviction to beg for his life and uh, did a good deal of sobbing at that time, too. So he's a sobber. <laughs> so you can imagine what it's like for him in uh, jail tonight, knowing he's got 57 years ahead of him for the elbow to the throat. Minimum. That's the men. It's not like he can look forward to, you know, um, he'll be 87 before he qualifies to go up for parole. That's what I'm talking about, a sentence there. All right, now it's time for a new feature. We have top 10 list, but I think that we have 13. And this is, apparently many of you heard about this new um, uh, computer uh, company in Israel called Del Shalom. And uh, the the price is um, so low, even with shipping from Israel. But uh, before uh, you buy this uh, totally kosher computer, you should know that there are some special features of this computer. So we have the top ten. So do we have a – what do we have? Do we have a uh, drum roll? Go ahead, Whitney. All right, so there you go. <laughs> That's it. All right. Uh, okay, so the start button has been replaced with the let's go, I'm not getting any younger button. The uh, ha- You hear when the computer starts up, you hear Hava Nagila. The cursor moves from the right to the left, and when uh, spell checker finds an error, it says, is that the best you can do? When you look at dirty pictures, the computer says, if your mother knew you did this, she would die. There's, uh, it comes with a monitor cleaning solution from Manischewitz that advertises that it, get rid- that it gets rid of all the schmutz and dreck. Uh, let's see. When you run scan disk, it prompts you, you want I should fix this? <laughs> Uh, let's see. After 20 minutes of no activity, your PC goes schlaffen. Uh, it shuts down automatically on Friday evenings. Comes with two hard drives, one for Fleischer and one for Milka Dick, which is the business software and games. Um, let's see. That one's not so funny. Uh, oh, and finally, when your PC is working too hard, uh, you occasionally hear it say, Oi, Gewalt. 
That's the new kosher. That's our new top ten feature. Maybe we should uh, rethink that. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of the Clown on Jest Radio. It's Wednesday, February the 27th, the year of our Lord, 2008. What the fuck is going on? That's what I want to know. Leave it right where it is. Maybe we'll find out.
such a thing is that even true mercy on just radio love can make you happy junior walker and the all-stars before that what does it take to win your love you're listening to the ravings of a clown on just radio los angeles police said they're looking into allegations that someone drugged britney spears but have not decided whether to open a formal investigation police captain kyle jackson said in a statement today that the allegations are being considered by the robbery homicide unit to determine if laws have been violated. Jackson says no suspect has been identified, but uh, of course we happen to know that Spears' mother has claimed in recent court papers that the pop star's sometimes companion Sam Lutfi drugged Spears and tried to take control of her life. She was you know, carrying on about that. Who knows if it's true? Uh, Spears is currently under a court-ordered conservatorship, whatever the fuck that is. Roger Clemens failed to convince Congress he was telling the truth, so the leaders of a House committee want the Justice Department to investigate if the star pitcher lied under oath without using performance-enhancing drugs. Did I did I call this or what? Obviously, they don't. They, I said from the very beginning they it's, they were not going to get him for the, the drugs. They were going to get him for lying. Hey, you're tuned, <laughs> rather, you're on the uh, air, I should say, uh, with the jester. Who's calling? Hey, it's uh, Espo over in Milrip, PA. Hey, what up, Poe? Hey, I'm a first-time caller, first-time listener. I'd like to play Stump the Jester. First-time listener? Uh, you just got to say that shit when you're calling. Okay. Doesn't mean anything, I don't no, think. No, but don't they usually say long-time listener, first-time caller? Well, I'm going to get to them all by the time you're all right, good, off the air. Good, good. Uh, you ever you're familiar with a Who? I've heard of them. Can you? Uh, oh, was I supposed to do the Abbott and Costello routine there? All right, that's when I call in as Han first. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Han first? That's right. What? So, uh, uh, you know the song Baba O'Reilly? Uh, sure. Those are. Tricky lyrics. Uh, they are. Go ahead. 
Well, let's see. Uh, out here in the fields, I, fought, I fight for my meals. I, take, I put my back into my living. I don't need to fight to prove I'm right. I don't need to be forgiven. Teenage Wasteland. It's only Teenage Wasteland. Don't cry. Uh, don't cry. Don't raise your eye. It's only Teenage Wasteland. I mean, I don't even know. Are there any more word, words to that? Sally, take my hand. Sally, take my hand. <laughs> we'll travel south cross land. Uh, we'll put out the fire before we get much older. And don't look past my shoulder. Uh, the exodus is here. Hmm. This one's tricky. What is it? The happy ones are near. Wow. I don't recall that line. Well, I was pretty impressed by <laughs> I fight for my meals. <laughs> yeah, that is an obscure line, isn't it? Well, you know, that's what happens when you listen with the headphones at full blast to an album 90 times in a row. You actually get to hear the lyrics. It's an unhealthy thing. You so, know what I always thought your uh, your uh, gravestone should read? What? I bought $200 headphones when I was 10. <laughs> My deaf sister bought me a record player when I was nine because even she knew I was into music. All right, last time listener, first time hanging Thanks out. for calling, Poe. Roger Clemens, um, we were just talking about a minute ago, they're going to get him for the lying. In a letter sent Wednesday to Attorney General Michael McKaysey, House Oversight and Government Reform Committee Chairman Harry Waxman, and ranking Republican Tom Davis said Clemens' testimony that he, quote, never used anabolic steroids or growth hormone warrants further investigation. The seven-time Cy Young Award winner gave a sworn deposition behind closed doors on February 5th and spoke alongside his accuser, former personal trainer Brian McNamee, at a public hearing on February 13th. We're not in a position to reach a definitive judgment as to whether Mr. Clemens lied to the committee, Waxman and Davis wrote. Our only conclusion is that the significant questions have been raised about Mr. Clemens's truthfulness. You know, this is what they got Martha on. Not even the hanky-panky that she did, and she most definitely did it. The hanky-panky being the, um, you know, trading on inside information. She did do that. Her, her buddy at the fucking company, you know, gave her the high sign. But um, that's not what they got her on. They got her when she stood and f sat in front of the committee and lied like a fucking Persian rug. And that's what they always get you on. Because they just hate being lied to. And, you know, when you got the power, man, it seems like that's what all the people in power really want. They want you to fucking allocute. They want you to cop to it. They just don't feel like they got you under their, <laughs> under the thumb until they do. My old neighbor, William F. Buckley uh, Jr., died at work in his study. The uh, Cold War had ended long before a Republican was in the White House. The word liberal had been shunned like an ill-mannered guest. At the end of his 82 years, much of it spent uh, stoking and riding a right-wing wave as an erudite commentator and conservative herald, all of Buckley's dreams seemingly had come true. He founded a magazine, wrote over 50 books, influenced the course of political history, had a son, had two grandchildren, sailed across the Atlantic Ocean three times, 
said his son, uh, novelist Christopher Buckley. He really didn't leave any stone unturned. Buckley was found dead in his study today, uh, this morning in Stamford, Connecticut. His son noted Buckley had died with his boots on after a lifetime of riding pretty tall in the saddle. Gotta tell you, um, you know, was always uh, put off by his rhetoric, but um, always was uh, very sort of fascinated by his manner. And um, he, I think the word erudite um, is just the perfect uh, word. He uh, lived uh, just a few blocks away where I used to live in Stanford, Connecticut for 14 years, and he was always a very uh, neighborly guy, uh, especially around the holidays, and uh, a very, very intelligent guy uh, for the few times that I uh, got a chance to chat with him. David Stern was not about to back down, summoned again to Capitol Hill to discuss whether Congress should get into the business of legislating drug testing in the major professional sports leagues. The NBA commissioner took exception to lawmakers' remarks and stood up for his colleagues from the NFL, NHL, and Major League Baseball. This is an area where federal legislation is not necessary, Stern told the House Energy and Commerce Subcommittee on Commerce, Trade, and Consumer Protection. Yeah, you know, imagine the outrage where we have just down the hall these hearings going on about the baseball players injecting each other in the ass at parties with fucking human growth hormone, and and this guy saying, uh, I'm outraged that you would suggest such a thing. As big as Wednesday's hearing was, it produced the rare sight of the four commissioners and their respective sports unions heads sitting at the same table. Uh, it was upstaged by news from another panel. The Committee on Oversight and Government Reform asked the Justice Department, uh, as we reported earlier, to investigate whether Roger Clemens lied under oath. There were no players at today's hearing instead. The commissioner uh, sat side by side with their sports union chiefs. Bud Selleck was inches away from Donald Fair. Stern was next to Billy Hunter. Uh, a lot of people were worried that uh, there would be an implosion of the universe and that the very time-space continuum would just crack down the middle. Government It's like the time that uh, Bill Gates played golf with uh, Steve Jobs. The whole time, like, everybody was, like, shivering in their boots. Government surveillance of personal computers violates the individual's right to privacy. What? You're thinking this is America? Good try. This is Germany, Berlin. Highest court found today in a ruling that German investigators say will restrict their ability to pursue terrorists. They're trying that shit over there, too. In the ruling, Germany's constitutional court in Karlsruhe established a privacy of data stored or exchanged on personal's computer is a basic right protected by the nation's constitution. Can you imagine they got that in fucking Germany? The, 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 the cradle of fascism? And here in America, we can't get something like that going? Collecting such data directly encroaches on a citizen's rights, given that fear of being observed can prevent unselfconscious personal communication. In other words, saying that, it is, a, it is a, a basic liberty to have unselfconscious personal communication. You should be allowed the right to say whatever the fuck you want to to anybody you want to without fear of being listened in on. So said the presiding judge Hans-Jürgen Papier during his ruling. At the same time, Papier said authorities would be allowed to spy on suspects' computers using virus-like software in exceptional cases. 
However, any such action must have the approval of a judge before going forward. Yeah, that's all I'm asking. I mean, if you think the guy's a criminal and you're investigating him for doing some bad shit, whether it's robbing a bank or a jewelry store or blowing something up, then sure, bug his phone, man. That's what you're there, they're there for. That's what phones are there to be bugged. But you can't just fucking willy-nilly go fishing. Uh, given the gravity of the intrusion, the secret infiltration of an IT system in such a way that use of the system and its data can be searched can only be constitutionally allowed if clear evidence of a concrete threat to a prominent object of legal protection exists. There you go. Clear evidence, concrete threat, prominent object of legal protection. In other words, it's got to be something that we're in the business of protecting. You know, a lot of people are, like, using these, like, phony baloney, um, uh, you know, arguments that, that, like, for copyright infringement, they're claiming it under, like, these anti-terrorist laws or patent protection. It's a fucking joke. Interior Minister Wolfgang Schobel welcomed the ruling, saying his ministry would refer to the clause allowing surveillance in specific cases in preparing new legislation to guide Germany's national intelligence services, a previous proposal to use the technology to fight terror and investigate a range of crimes met with sharp criticism from civil rights groups and opposition politicians. Well, it's nice to know that democracy is alive and well in Germany. Please, my God, people, holy moly. <laughs> If that doesn't just humiliate the shit out of you right there, if that's just not enough right there. All right. Maybe it's me. Hey, it's Wednesday, February the 27th, the year of our Lord, 2008. Why not stop by the Jester Radio chat room and say hi or Skype in. Our Skype name is Jester Radio and our phone number is 646-502-8600. No uh, waiting. Everybody's talking at me. And you know what? I can't hear a fucking thing they're saying. Nelson on JR. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words they're saying. Only the echoes of my mind. People stopping staring. I can't see their faces Only the shadows of their eyes I'm going while the sun keeps shining Through the pouring rain Going well the weather suits my clothes Banking off of the northeast winds Sailing on summer breeze And skipping over the ocean Like a stone I'm going where the sun keeps shining 
through the pouring rain Going where the weather suits my clothes Banking off of the northeast winds Sailing on summer breeze And skipping over the ocean like a stone Everybody's talking at me Can't hear a word they're saying Only the echoes of my mind I won't let you leave my love behind No, I won't let you leave Sing 
Sing and sing a song. Blibby da bloopy blooby abba doopy la 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 lo lo. Oliver on Just Radio. Good morning, Starshine. Look it up if you don't believe me. Nilsson before that. Everybody talking at me. I can't hear a word they're saying. Only the echoes of my mind. People stop and staring. I can't see their faces. Only the shadows of their eyes. I'm going where the sun keeps shining through the pouring rain. Going where the weather suits my clothes. That's a nice thought. Harry Nilsson, the late great on Just Radio. Figured out the theme yet? Uh, the, the Guess Who, Diana Ross, Junior Walker, Mercy, Nilsson. No? Okay. Let me know when you do. 646-502-8600 gets you live on the air with your old pal, the Jester. Get it off your chest, whatever it is you got to say. Now's the time to say it, especially if it's got something to do with your mom. My mom turned 80 years old today. Happy birthday, Mom. I got to tell you, you know, I used to uh, spend a lot of time in a particular uh, watering hole in downtown Manhattan where I happened to meet the uh, former future ex-Mrs. Chester. And um, among other things that went on in there was we used to uh, uh, stay after the place closed up, a small group of us. And, you know, sort of like the people that work there in a small little, you know, group. And they'll just keep drinking and playing the piano till like 4 o'clock in the morning. And the piano player there was this guy named Larry. And he would come and sit down at the bar between sets. And we would, you know, talk and everything. And one day he says to me, he says, you know, uh, Jess, he says, I'm having problems with my girlfriend. She's just um, she's breaking my heart. And I said, don't you dare. He said, what? I said, don't you fucking dare, man, have a broken heart. I mean, come on, man. What the hell is that? You're a young fucking hot dude, man. You're, you're playing an instrument in a club. My God, man. This fucking pussy, man. This Every chick in this place wants you. And that's when I told him the secret. I said, look. I said, I'm going to order you a drink. I said, because you're going to need one. Just before I tell you what I'm about to tell you, because I think you need to hear it. It's about that time. I said, how old are you? 24, 25, 26? Whatever the hell he said. I said, that's the correct time. So I bought him a couple of shots and calmed him down. And I said, now, look, I'm going to tell you something. It's going to come as quite a blow. It may take a while to sink in, but it's a fact. Nevertheless, there's no denying it. Uh, it's just a simple fact. And that is... All women are cunts. And he sort of looked up at me. Little, little sort of dawning of awareness came across his face. And that's when I went for the left, the open, the hook. Because when you say that first thing, you can't not say the second thing. And this is what gets people, but you got to do it. You got to get it over with like a Band-Aid. I said, all women are cunts. And he looked up and I said, your mother's a cunt. And that's when, you know, usually you see that sort of storm cloud pass in front of their eyes. Calling a fella's mother a cunt, you know, there's pretty much not much worse you can do, especially in a public establishment of, you know, 
institutionalized inebriation. You, 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 you're, you're, you're taking your life in your hands when you do it. But by God, I felt sorry for the boy, and I felt he needed to have it. So I just uh, I went for the money. And I said, your mother's a cunt. And he started looking at that kind of look started coming over him. But luckily, the alcohol suppressed the instantaneous reaction, and I had a moment in which I finally gave him the final piece of information, and I said, my mother's a cunt. They're all cunts. All women are cunts. There is no other creature on the face of the earth that can do or say things that a woman can do or say. And I don't fucking care if you say it's sexist or... This is my experience. I am 48 years old. God damn it. That's got to be good for something. It's not good for much. But it is good for knowing a thing or two. And by God, I think there's a few fellas out there that'll stand up for me on this. I haven't met a single one that isn't. And I haven't ever... I, 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 I am still, to this day, as cynical and jaded as a person as I am still constantly astounded by um, a woman's capability of inflicting uh, just uh, incomprehensible damage to uh, each other and to men, especially. Sorry. Call me. <laughs> Call, say what you want. That's But that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Uh Hey, don't fuck with that dial. Tommy James and the Shondells.
on just the radio the turtles aka the mothers of invention aka flo and eddie tommy james and the shondells started that set crim nim nim zim nim nim and clove vo 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 they did that leslie thing uh, a special effect and let me tell you man even all these years later um on the of course especially on the drugs that i'm currently on that whole thing still works really well you know makes you like whoa whoa nelly it's cool still haven't figured it out come on 646-502-8600 gets you live on the air with the jester maybe you can figure out what tonight's uh, theme is a top iranian cleric made a rare criticism of president mahmoud ahmadinejad's verbal attacks on israel today saying a foreign policy of coarse slogans was not in the national interest. Further to improving my mood today, with all this good news happening, um, 
on top of everything, an Iranian uh, top uh, cleric uh, came forward and said, you know, it's not in our best interest to piss everybody off. The voice of reason seems to be peeping out from the masses. And don't you just love it when that happens? Makes you feel like there's revolution in the air. Hassan Rouhani, a former top nuclear negotiator who still holds several influential positions, said that Iran needed to show more flexibility and desire for dialogue in its dealings with the international community. Does foreign policy mean expressing coarse slogans and grandstanding, Rouhani asked in a speech to a foreign policy conference in Tehran. This is not a foreign policy. We need to find an accommodating way to decrease the threats and assure the interests of the country. His comments came a week after the latest verbal attack on Israel by Ahmadinejad, who described the Jewish state as a dirty microbe and savage animal in a speech to a public rally. The president has already made calls for Israel to be wiped off the map and is predicted it is doomed to disappear, provoking international uproar and sharpening tensions in Iran's nuclear standoff with the West. Rouhani warned starkly, quote, if the international community thinks that a country wants to play troublemaker and eliminate others, it will not let that country do this and will confront it. So, A... I hope <laughs> I hope that's true. I hope we're not too busy invading fucking other countries that aren't bothering nobody. And B, uh, yeah, I would like to think that that would be our swift and just response. The uh, pick this one up on Breitbart. The European Union's longest-running uh, fight with Microsoft neared an end today as regulators imposed a record $1.3 billion fine on the world's largest software company for failing to fully comply with a 2004 antitrust order. Microsoft has not decided whether to appeal the penalty, which amounts to a fraction of the $14 billion it earned in 2007. In all, the company has been fined just under $2.4 billion dollars by the European antitrust regulators over the years. Barring an appeal, the fine shuts the door on an investigation into Microsoft's behavior that was triggered by a 1998 complaint by Sun Microsystems. It alleged Microsoft was refusing to supply information that servers need to work with its mass market dominating Windows operating system. Microsoft eventually made the information available to its rivals, but the European Union said it changed, uh, or rather it charged, unreasonable prices until uh, last October. So. Talk is cheap. Flouting the rules is expensive, she said. You know, I remember when they uh, were doing the same thing in the United States. They did the lawsuits in Europe the same as they did in the United States. And in the one in the United States... Um, they had the guy from Microsoft up on the stand and they were like, you know, who do you think you are, uh, you know, including the fucking web browser in with the operating system? And the guy said, well, I mean, it's our <laughs> operating system. I thought we could put anything we wanted. If we wanted to, we could put a ham sandwich in the box. And the judge, you know, became furious. This was a, uh, you know, a, a um, antitrust judge. And it pissed him off to think, you know, that companies can do anything they like with their own products. After all, this is America. 
And, uh, you know, we do have this uh, supposed uh, laissez-faire capitalistic system where the government's supposed to leave the market alone and let them work shit like that out for themselves. But the sun, you know, went whining because they had dominated for the previous 50 years and along came this upstart that provided this amazing fucking product uh, 10 times better for a fraction of the price and they whined and carried on. Oh, our servers don't work with their operating systems and they won't tell us how to make it work. And, <laughs> and they were fined billions and billions of dollars. Meanwhile, just a tiny fraction of really of what they got. So that's sort of built into the cost of doing business for Microsoft. You heard it here first on Jester Radio this Wednesday, February the 27th, uh, the year of our Lord, 2008. This magic moment. Oh, before we do that, we were talking about um, with uh, Poe in the chat room, and you missed this whole thing that goes on in between sessions um, his girlfriend was supposed to go in for rehab because she's, you know, addicted to alcohol and pills. And she's decided she didn't go into rehab, but she'd stick it out at home with the family and they'd support her. And that she could still have the, she could still have the um, uh, wine, but she had to give up the, uh, the pills. Which is bullshit because that's as if saying it's the problem is the pills, not the wine. Obviously, the problem is all the shit together, the pills and the wine. It's just one thing. Got to give it up together. And then uh, Poe correctly pointed out um, that when I was talking about before how all women are cunts, that um, unfortunately they're the ones, you know, w with the pussies and they they don't have the, you know, hairy asses. And you got to give them that, and uh, which is a good point. I'm not saying that they they're good for nothing. Obviously, they're good for something. Uh, there's an old uh, joke. Uh, the guy goes to the psychiatrist and he says, um, "You know, my sister thinks she's a chicken." And the doctor says, "How long has this been going on?" And he says, uh, 14 years." And the doctor says, "How come you haven't brought her here until now?" And the guy says, "Well, up until now, we needed the eggs." And that's why we keep going with the women, because we need the eggs, quite literally. This magic moment so different and so new was like any other until I met you. Jay Black and the Americanos on JR. This magic moment so different Sweeter than a wine, softer than a song. 
Bust me, Father, for I've sinned. And how long has it been since your last confession, my About son? About four months, I guess, Father. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, I missed Mass about 15 times. I lied a lot. Uh, I fucked this girl. Uh, excuse my French, Father. Uh, I went all the way with this girl. Don't be embarrassed, my son. I've heard it all before. I've heard much, much worse than that. You heard Conalingus? I hear that from second graders. Wow. Wobbly warhead, you heard that? Slamming a warhead at her? Years ago, years ago. Low clearance clit, you heard that? Dwarf cock. Bosom burger? Scrotum breath. Albino beaver? Iguana tits. You know what we used to call nuns? Penguin pussy. You bangy bottom. Madam ovary? Slime slit? Mashy nipple lick? Bug nuts. Cock nose? Vagina. Oriental crack? Superdome pussy. Afterbirth on toast? That's pizza. Punk piss. Hillbilly snatch? Food pus. You heard rhino clit? Rhino clit? That's disgusting. That's terrible. Nice mouth. You kiss your mother with that mouth? You, you eat with that mouth? Garbage mouth. Garbage mouth, toilet tongue, uh, sewer mouth. Dimension on Jester Radio. Kisses and love won't carry me until you marry me, Bill. Just another way in the long list of ways that women are cunts. What is this fucking deal with marrying? Who the fuck needs the... the, the uh, a man and a woman need the priest's permission to get together and have sex and live with each other? And then have to get the government involved when they want to split up? What the fuck is that? What kind of fucking primitive-ass 
crazy shit is that? And then society makes the woman feel like she's dirt unless she's fucking married. I mean, that's the whole trick. That's how they get them to keep fucking convincing guys to get married. Kisses and love won't carry me until you marry me. I was the one who came running when you were lonely. I haven't lived one day not loving you only. That's another thing those, you know, that the chicks do is that you owe them. Every time they have a feeling for you, you're responsible for it and you owe them. Didn't I love you? Didn't I give you the most of my fucking body and my, you know, love and everything? Like, like you were doing it as a favor for me? Was that the deal? And now I owe you? Is that how we attract each other? Because it may seem sort of natural in a way, and we, and we sort of endorse this in all of our movies and, and, and culture, but is that really the way we're, we want to attract each other by making each other feel guilty and like shit? Guys do it too. You know, when a guy's feelings are hurt, he doesn't turn to his chick and say, you know, by the way, that thing you did, man, you know, I had bad feelings about it. Which movie are we seeing tonight? You know, he's not presenting it to her like it's an honest, you know, expression of his feelings and then move on to something else. He makes it her responsibility. Man, you shouldn't have done that. That's fucked up. You made me feel like shit. Like, whoa. If you feel like shit, you know, then... It's really you that should be looking at yourself because there's not too much I can do to make you feel like shit. I can, you know, exploit the fact that you maybe feel like shit about yourself. But if you feel good about yourself, there's not a lot I could say to change that either. Just uh, my two cents. But, you know, and while guys do do it, and again, you know, I'm, I don't mean to be sexist about this, but women really are cunts. Hey, you're on live with uh, the jester. Who's calling? Hey, it's S. Poe. I'm very insulted. Oh, what happened? I was hanging out there in your chat room, and I was called a cheater. Cheater. And I need to receive three trivia questions and get my honor back. Well, I can understand that, w w w but you are a cheater. How would you say that? In that you looked at the playlist. Why would you even say that? Because how else could you have guessed? Did, were you even looking? Were you even thinking about the list? Did you even pay any attention to the playlist at all? Well, the songs were obviously from a particular era. You aren't mixing it up, right? That's true. Came from some particular era. That's very true. So that era turned out to be 1969. That's true. So what does it take, a rocket scientist to come up with that? <laughs> no, no, but it takes somebody who actually gives a shit. The truth is, I don't think anybody's actually listening to any of the songs. So I don't think anybody's even thinking about what the... I keep asking every night what anybody thinks the theme is, but nobody seems to notice. So I'm just well, pretty no, much every, doing it. Every time I, I tell you what the theme is... I'm say, oh, you look well. Like that's true. That's true. I do say that every single time, and you're right. It's totally unjustified. And just to prove it, I am going to dig out. Really, I have a collection. You'll be happy to know of some really hardcore rock and roll trivia. You ready for something? Hey, I'll, I'll do. My You'll best. at least give it a try. Well, um, I, I know you're good at all kinds of trivia, but uh, let's see. If, uh, Bob, do we have the rock and roll uh, trivia secret uh, file? 
Doobie Brothers. Thank you, son. No, but uh, that we'll skip that question. Okay, uh, here's a. Boyd we'll, Axton's we'll, mom. We'll start off with something you know a little bit, a little bit you know easier, maybe like a a, a two pointer. Um, okay, uh, how many number one hits aye, aye, aye. has Bruce Springsteen had? One. Beg your pardon. One. Mm-hmm. Which one was that? Hungry Heart. Ah. Took a shot. No, no, but uh, damn close. Uh, none. What Beatles song held the number one position? The yeah, yeah, yeah. Who the hell cares about that shit? Give me a real question. How tall is the Empire State Building? What's the only song in the history of rock and roll? And this is a 10-pointer. We'll leave it at this. What's the only song in the history of rock and roll to ever hit number one twice? That would have to be something by the Beatles. Okay, which, which is what? Oh, really? Am I right so far? I don't know. I'm just. Uh, I can't. I can't be responsible. I mean, if so you're, you're not going to cold uh, read your way into this answer yeah. here, that's another show. Uh, okay, it's uh, something by the Beatles. It's got all those horns in it. <laughs> you know the one I'm talking about. I do. Oh, what is it? Something about. Uh, it, I don't know. it had a number one comeback. It was. Uh, Does it have all those horns? And it's uh, was it like in Sergeant Pepper. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was uh, the great uh, s- uh, solo, Benny King, nineteen sixty one. Stand by me. Exactly. And do you know the year that it uh, came back and why it came back? It came back in the movie Stand by Me, directed by Rob Reiner, starring River Phoenix. And uh, some other folks. Yeah, pretty good. Kiefer Sutherland. And Kiefer Sutherland, and, uh, and the land who else was in it? That guy that played the football player in Jerry Maguire and married a sexy girl. And weren't the two kids who have the same name were in it? With One of those Corys. Corys, yeah. Feldman. Right, the Corey Feldman. He played the wacko. And who was the narrator? Don't tell me. It was narrated by Richard Dreyfus. That's right. Really? Yep. <laughs> That's my guess. That's a good choice. That was from the Four Seasons, a uh, book, a, a, a book containing four novellas by Stephen King. The other three of which were uh, the Green Mile. No, not the Green Mile. But they were all turned into movies too. All right, well, on that note. All right, thanks for calling in, Poe. And you are, in fact, absolutely the king of trivia. That's a gift to my life. That was when it came back. That's true. That did come back. But no, that's not what we were looking for. Uh, thanks so very much uh, for S. Poe for uh, calling in. And thank you so very much for stopping by and spending a little of your time with us this evening. You know, uh, we do this anyway, uh, whether you were here or not, but it sure does mean a whole lot to us here at Jester Radio. And on behalf of Bob the Engineer and Dolly the Receptionist and myself, 
I'd like to extend a uh, whole hearty thank you for stopping by and spending a little of your time this evening with us. Uh, Bob, the engineers, asked me to remind you that if you stop by the Jester Radio website, you could subscribe to our podcast and get Jester Radio's Ravings of a Clown daily to go and take it with you on your iPod or your whatever you got. You can take it on your smartphone now or your PDA or your Palm on anything you want. Also, while you're there, please hit that PayPal button. It means so very much to us, and it'll keep us on the air. You know that uh, we've been doing this for going on uh, 10 years, and um, a lot of that time we've been able to get on the air every single night for months at a time, and sometimes we're just overwhelmed with responsibilities. It sure does help uh, when you hit that Donate button to keep us live on the air every night, and uh, it means a great deal to us. Uh, even if it's just a few bucks. Uh, we have a few other items that we had here. What do you got for me? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Uh, the Whoopi Goldberg has accepted an apology from producer Gil Cates for not including her in a montage featuring Oscar hosts uh, during Sunday's Academy Awards telecast. Cates called her on Tuesday and talked about the fact that he had made an oversight, pure and simple. He said, you know I love you. They schmoozed. Goldberg, who called Gates a great gentleman, accepted his apology. She said she was moved on since choking up on Monday's show with her fellow co-hosts when they discussed how she was left out of the clip. The 52-year-old actress comedian hosted the Oscars in 94, 96, 99, and 2002. So she was especially hurt that somebody else was shown twice and she wasn't shown once, or, and they were host less than she was, and she was snubbed. So he called Whoopi, darling, sweetheart, Bubby, you know I love you. It was an oversight. I'm, I'm hitting myself. I'm whipping myself. As we speak, what, how could I make it up to you? I sent you a Cadillac. You should get it this afternoon. Let's do lunch. Have your people call my people. You're beautiful. Don't ever change. That was a uh, transcript from the meeting. A 16-foot python stalked a family dog for days before swallowing the pet whole in front of the horrified children in the Australian tropics. The boy and girl aged 5 and 7 watched as the scrub python discovered, uh, I should say devoured, their terrier chihuahua crossbreed uh, on Monday at their home near Kuranda in the Queensland state. Stuart Douglas, owner of the Australian Venom Zoo in Karanda, said scrub pythons typically eat wild animals such as wallabies, smaller relative of the kangaroo, but sometimes turn to pets in urban areas. It actively stalked the dog for a number of days, Douglas said. The family that owned the dog had actually seen it in the dog's bed, which was a sign it was out to get it. Uh, they should have called me then, but the snake got away. Three or four days later, I was called and went around and removed it, and the dog uh, had been killed. By the time Douglas arrived, all that could be seen of the dog was his hind legs and his tail sticking out of the fucking snake's mouth. The zoo manager, can you imagine your beloved pet sticking out of a snake's mouth like that? The zoo manager, Todd Rose, said pythons squeezed their prey to death before swallowing it whole. The uh, five-year-old dog would have been suffocated within minutes. The lady... Uh, who was uh, there threw plastic chairs at the snake. But you got to remember, this is a 110 pounds of aggressive muscle. 
Removing the half-swallowed dog could have harmed or even killed the python, Rose said, because uh, dogs have sharp teeth and claws that could do the snake internal damage if it were wrenched out. The snake was still digesting the dog at the zoo. Today, it'll soon be re relocated to the bush. They're relocating the snake to the bush. Unbelievable. Call the family. The mailbox vigilantes fed up that their mailbox was smashed four times in two weeks. Greg Fisher of Hatley, Wisconsin, and his son set up a middle-of-the-night stakeout to catch the vandals, and goddamn, it worked. Four teens were caught after a high-speed chase. We only did this because we felt very violated and targeted by whoever was doing it, said Greg's wife, Kim Fisher. Greg Fisher and his 18-year-old son, Dustin, took watch at 2 a.m. Sunday, less than an hour later. A pickup truck drove past their rural home, and a man with a baseball bat whacked the mailbox again. It was frustrating watching someone smash your property, the father said. Dustin Fisher, who was waiting in a car in the driveway, followed the truck for more than eight miles, sometimes reaching speeds of nearly 100 miles an hour before he got a partial license plate number. But it wasn't enough to find the vehicle in state records, so Greg Fisher and his wife drove through Hatley, Hours later, and spotted the suspect's vehicle parked at a convenience store. Family said they parked behind it, called the police, who arrested three 16-year-olds and a 19-year-old. Lieutenant Randy Albert of the Marathon County Sheriff's Department said he doesn't endorse the Fisher's family actions. This one ended peacefully, but taking the law into your own hands could have tragic results as well, he said. And I agree. Um, I, I don't think it's safe to go chasing after people. As frustrating as it is, I know that feeling. I had my car stolen out of my driveway once when uh, the the former ex-future Mrs. Jester um, was in the hospital giving birth to my second daughter. And I must have been sleeping like a log and didn't hear the dog bark and woke up the next morning and the car was stolen out of the driveway. And I remember sitting up the, the next night you know, like wishing they'd come back so I could, you know. But I don't recommend chasing after them. What you should do instead is set up a uh, gun nest and just, you know, shoot them with a gun when they uh, harm your property. That's still legal, isn't it? And then what you do is you go down, you pull them out of the car, and you pull them up onto the lawn. And, you know, trespass. A man led police on a very slow-speed chase, refusing to stop, while riding a lawnmower about three miles uh, an hour across a busy street, steering it towards an officer before he was grabbed and arrested. <laughs> uh, now authorities say the question is whether Stephen Ray Castor, 53, already under investigation in the breaking of a window of a man's house and the episode with the officer can be charged with uh, drunk driving. State law is silent on whether riding mowers is covered by the law against driving under the influence. Castor remained in the Clark County Jail with bail set at $40,000 pending a court appearance on Friday. Police said the chase began late Monday afternoon when Jason Taylor reported that Castor, stranger to him, cursed at him, and he rode the mower through the fence gate and smashed a window <laughs> and a lawn chair. Castor drove the mower across a boulevard down a city street, the police report said Officer Gregory J. Hobbard got out of his patrol car and told Castor to stop, then had to sidestep to avoid being hit, uh, the report said. Shortly after, several officers pulled Castor off his mower 
and arrested him. You know, man, I've been drunk a lot of times in my life. There was a period of my life that I was drunk all the time of my life. And I don't think that I ever did anything like that, like these weird things people do, like pull down their pants in public. Or, I mean, I blacked out a lot of times and passed out a lot of times. I fucked a lot of women uh, somehow. Um, there may have been certain other drugs mixed in with the alcohol in some cases. But I don't think that I ever did any wacko shit like that drawing attention to myself. You got to wonder about these people. There's something about something screwy about them. And maybe the alcohol. Somebody once said uh, that certain people, uh, they're, um, they're like an instant asshole. You just have to add alcohol. And that's the problem I had with my ex-wife was the alcohol. I mean, she, you know, uh, I could deal with almost every other one of her problems uh, except for the alcohol. She just became a different person, and I just didn't feel like being locked in the house with a total fucking stranger, a total idiot stranger. You know, people, when they're drunk, they're stupid. They just say the stupidest moronic shit. So I married a, a voluptuous, intelligent, uh, you know, um, woman, and then she turned into like a gibbering retard, you know, every night. Sucked. Being with a drunk person sucks. Just ask uh, S. Poe. Hey, uh, you've been listening to the Ravings of a Clown this Thursday, February the 28th, the year, I mean, uh, the Wednesday the 27th, the year of our Lord 2008. Thanks so very, very much for stopping by. We will meet in that place where darkness never comes. Until that time, Eustace, I heard you getting married. Good night. See you tomorrow. Girl, I heard you're getting married. Heard you're getting married This time you're really sure And this is the end They say you really mean it This guy's the one that makes you feel So safe, so sane and so secure Oh,